I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to The Business Lockdown. Welcome to The Business Lockdown today, Dean Grimshaw, a mindset coach and also an e-commerce tech whiz. Uh, that's, that's accurate to describe, uh, Dean, an e-commerce tech whiz? Well, e-commerce tech whiz might, might, might take it a bit far. Um, I, I'm a salesman in the world of e-commerce, so I, I guess any, any uh, idea of intellectual knowledge I've got is just to add to the, you know, the proverbial uh, salesmanship. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome There's other to clever people show, that do the back-end stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to today's show, Dean. It's good to have you on board. Yeah, welcome oh, to the show. To be. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, first of all, would love I mean, your, your your website. Um, it, you know, it's building a warrior mindset. Now, let's get straight into that. You know, you building. You touched on a few things before we press the record button there, and uh, you know, what 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 does a mindset coach do? You know, what is it that that you you cover with your clients? Okay, that's interesting. Well, effectively, it's wherever people are right now to where they want to go. But before you get to all the the nuts and bolts of the nitty gritty. I find that most people just need a bit of work on strengthening up their mindset. Because let's face it, life ain't easy. Life's tough. You know, life throws us a few curveballs. And, and 2020 has, has taken the biscuit, really, in, in terms of the amount of curveballs that, that we get. So it's, it's been a bit of an exaggeration this year. But even prior to 2020, life doesn't make things easy. It, it, it trips you up at every hurdle. You need resilience. And it's building this sort of almost foundational mindset is what I focus on if that makes sense, because most people come to a coach with a specific goal. I want to be a millionaire. I want a six pack. I want this. I want to, but they're almost haven't done the foundation level, if that makes sense. So I've got this firm belief that most people aren't actually ready for a coach. And then they'll go out and get a coach who gives them exactly what they need, but they're not in the place to implement it because their mindset just isn't correct. And you ask any coach, it's like, well, I gave you the blueprint. I gave you the plan. Why couldn't you do it? And I just find most people just struggle to really get the discipline and the strength of mind to actually action what they've been given, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you can give people gold and for the best of intentions, nothing happens. And, it, you know, I, I know many nutritionists and many personal trainers who used to attest to this. They go, well, I gave you what you needed. <laughs> um, why didn't it get done? And it typically comes down to individual mindset, you know, discipline. And actually, you know, limiting beliefs sometimes as well, because you give them the plan, they go, well, I can't do that. But the people who have made it know full well you can do it because they were there once as well. Everybody started on the first rung. You know, I know you're a successful businessman and you'll probably speak to people all the time. You go, well, how do I do what you did, James? And then you tell them and they go, well, I can't do that. (laughs) And you go, I was where you was. (laughs) And it's it's that mindset, if that makes sense, to actually sort of go, do you know what? I can give this a crack. Absolutely. And it, do you know what's come to mind there was, um, so I was, and, and, and I remember actually where, where, where we hooked up from, because I was about to say, I imagine a lot is to do with healthy accountability. And then I remembered that we, we actually, we connected our, from an ADHD um, forum from a group right, online. Right. And, and we were, I was discussing about how people um, have healthy accountability and systems in place. And Dean, you were the ones that responded and we, we hooked up and we've had a few conversations since, since then. So I, I just remember actually where, where we hooked up on. So, how, so based on that, how, how important is healthy accountability when you work with your clients? Well, initially, I think it's everything because when you've got sort of flaws within your own mindset, you almost need something out there to help you if that makes sense and it's funny you mentioned accountability because years and years ago I started to be a personal trainer and I had all the romantic ideas of what a personal trainer was you know you'd be on the beach with your six-pack you know training people (laughs) up getting the next bikini models in and I suppose you know it's like a real you know you sort of really buy into it but the truth was um, it wasn't like that at all you know people wanted to do the the least amount of work (laughs) to get to their holiday in marbs you know, and it's like, well, I just want to get fat afterwards. I'm not interested in changing my lifestyle. I want to change without changing. Hence why I was very much in, got into the mindset side of it. Because how do you change without changing? They go, I don't want to change. I just want the result. <laughs> and what tended to happen is when you, you did sort of speak to people who were quite motivated, there was almost a bit sort of so focused and in the zone. It was quite a boring relationship. And all they really wanted you there for was to make sure they turned up. Hence accountability. You know, I want to make sure yeah. I do 10 reps. 
because if you're not looking, I might do eight. Uh, and that became what the personal training world was. It was either helping people to get a result without changing, which is a bit of an oxymoron, or just counting the reps to make sure that they, you know, because <laughs> maybe they didn't trust their own integrity to do it if you weren't looking. And so the accountability is, yeah, I think it's quite key. But the idea for me is like, well, if you know you've got to do 10 reps, why don't you just build the mindset to do the 10 reps? So, uh, <laughs> I mean, for, so you, what you're talking about is sort of like reversing to move forwards, you know, almost sort of like you're, you're in this place and instead of just going straight, straight for the finish line, which is not going to be lasting, sort of go back first, get that foundation and then move forwards. Oh, 100%, 100%. I, I definitely believe in good coaches. Like there are, there's a time and a place where you go, right, I don't want to mess about. I want to accelerate my growth. I'm going to get a great coach and I'm going to go to A to B in the quickest amount of time. Nothing wrong with that. Um, probably be an expensive coach. Probably be, you know, a massive goal. Great. Why not? But for me, um, for average day people and most, most goals, the goal is not what you be, do and have at the end of it. The goal is who you become in the process. So ultimately, attaining a goal is becoming someone worthy of that goal. And it's getting people into that psychology of, I'm not here to get a million pounds. I'm, I'm here to become someone who's worth a million pounds. You know, and for the record, I'm not a millionaire yet. <laughs> so so like, <laughs> not I'm, yet. Not, I'm, I'm not the greatest coach yet uh, to, to teach how to be a millionaire. <laughs> but, but the point is, you don't just, you don't just get it. It's like, you know, you don't just get the prize. You, you, you have to become someone in the process. And it's, that's where I like to, to sort of focus on the coaching. And I think you're absolutely right, Phil. A lot of people don't want to do the foundational work. They just want the shortcut. And I actually did a blog on this recently about life hacks. And most life hacks work if they're on a solid foundation. If you haven't got any foundation at all, what's the life hack going to do for you? And I use the example of, you know, like when you see people like top cover models and they go, oh, I do flexible dieting. Well, yeah, they probably do because they've been training for 20 years. They kept their nutrition pretty tight for 20 years and their internal biochemistry is just right. Their hormonal setup is just right. You know, their, their digestive system is just right. So if they do eat the occasional bit of crap, it'll be fine. That's not necessarily the same for Karen on Facebook, <laughs> you know, so, 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 so she might not be able to use the same life hack, you know, because she hasn't got the foundation yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's not trying to be mean or trying to be hard on people. It's just trying to put a light on the subject to say, well, yes, there's, there are shortcuts that you can use. Um, if you're successful in business, there's shortcuts you can use to go to the next level because it's built on a foundation. But yeah. if you've, if you've never done anything before and you go, well, well, I don't want to do the work, but that life hack seems pretty cool. I'll have a crack at that. Well, don't be too disappointed <laughs> when it doesn't work out for you. <laughs> yeah, so, so in order to get to the foundation, there must be some home truths that come out then. There must be, there must be a, level, a, a high level of honesty required, I guess. Yes, yeah, and, and it's something we all have to face, you know, because one of my understandings of working with the, the mind is that you, you can't outperform your own self-image. And one of the things that we've been trained with is the whole fake it till you make it culture. You know, oh, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. I'm worth it. But really, your own self-image might be telling you a very different story. And if you're not actually going to face up to what your self-image is telling you and you're not going to expose it. And granted, it might be quite a private process, you know, so you have to have a real strong relationship with your coach. And I wouldn't expect people to put all their weaknesses and all their dirty laundry on their Facebook post. I understand all those things, but yeah, you, there is some brutal honesty that's required. Like, because your own self image is a little bit like your own personal glass ceiling. You know, people can literally mm -hmm. gift you opportunities, but if your own self image is constantly the blocker, that's where you got to do the work. You know, and, and this is what I'm saying about all these people that give you the perfect blueprint. They literally give you step by step. They give you the process. They hold your hand. They try and drag you along. But there's that blockage, that blockage. And like you said, Phil, yeah, like it's that foundational level where sometimes you do have to go backwards to go forwards. But it's such a, a small step backwards, really, because once you've, once you've got to that understanding of your mindset and you've strengthened your mind, it's not just good for one aspect of your life. 
the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. All of a sudden, it opens up a whole new world. And it's one of those crazy things where nobody wants to do the work, but then once they've done it, they think, oh, I wish I'd done that sooner. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so with a, in like a typical client relationship for you, um, what are some of the first things that happen so you know so let's let's say we were I, I was a client how how does that how, how does that sort of start that because it's about the journey right it's not yeah. about the goal as much as about the journey and what are those those first steps that you talk about uh, in that journey yeah well the, the, the first step for me is getting their buy-in that they want that change and I've got quite a cheeky process for doing it which I don't mind saying now because but it you've got to really sort of hit home with it, if that makes sense. So going back to like the personal training days, which is a great example for coaching, people come in, they go, I want to lose some weight. And then you go, well, how do you think you'd lose weight? And they go, well, I think I need to exercise. Okay, well, what sort of exercise do you think you need to do? Well, I think I need a bit of resistance and a bit of cardio. Oh, excellent. And how many times do you think you need to train? Oh, ideally four times a week, but you know, if I can get three, that's good, great. And do you think your diet might need to change? Yeah, I think it does. Well, what do you think you need to do? Well, I think I'd need to eat more protein. I'd need to structure my meals and I'd need to eat less crap because I do eat a lot of crap on a Friday night. And I said, oh, great. Well, I'm glad I could help. You're fixed. <laughs> and then they look at me and they go, but, I, well, okay, so what is it you really need? <laughs> and, and that's when the conversation really starts if that yeah. makes sense because i think people come to a coach thinking that you're going to give them the tips the tricks the the the, the routine the plan and nine times out of ten they've got a pretty good idea already mm. what they actually need to do but there's a blockage that's stopping them from doing it and the truth is at first they struggle to verbalize it so if i was to go straight in and say oh i think you've got a bit of a barrier with your discipline i think there's a problem with your belief They'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. All right, coach. I'm, I'm telling you to get, you know, I'm telling you to get me in shape. I'm looking for you for like a, a structured plan. Just do your job, mate. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you almost have to go through this little process, not to, not to be cheeky or belittle it, but to get them to realise actually, yeah, okay, Dean, there is something else that I need to work on, and it's and it's worth working on as well, because when you sort of go into the brain and the mindset. Um, we all innately know how powerful the mind is, but I don't think we have a, it doesn't come with a Haynes manual. You know, it's not like when you buy your first car, you get your Haynes book of fairy tales, is it? <laughs> I used to call it Haynes book of fairy tales. Cause it's never like that, is it? When you actually get, the, get under the bonnet, Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you don't have a manual for your brain, you know, yeah. and you know, you go on YouTube university and it's like, Oh, I just make a decision. I can just change. Great. Well, now I believe in myself. Bing! You know? <laughs> but there's never actually, it never actually explains the process of change and, and trying to understand who you are, where you want to be and, and bridging that difference. So when you sort of try and go into that, people don't really want it. And it, and it's the age old challenge with a lot of service industries. And I keep picking on the personal training industry because it's such an, an obvious example, but you ask any nutritionist and personal trainer and they're struggling with what the client needs, but also giving them what they want because what they need doesn't sell. Yeah. You know, what people want is this sexy little thing. They go, well, I want that. And it's like, well, I could sell it to you, but you'll still be fat at the end of it. Like, you know, but I'll, my, my bank balance be better off just by giving you what you want. But then at the end of it, when you haven't got any results, you'll be like, well, yeah, because you didn't buy what you needed. Yeah. And it's this age old thing as a coach in all aspects where you're desperate to really see change. You're desperate to really help people. But, Quite often, the, the bit that makes the difference isn't sexy. And that's, and that's where we sort of have to sort of like not be sneaky as coaches because we want to be upfront, open, transparent, we want to be clear. But you've got to try and sort of get in what they need in the, under the radar of them getting what they want. Yeah. Have you, have you started having different conversations with your, with your clients uh, post the pandemic? as opposed to pre have things do you think people's like psychology has changed uh in yeah. either they want things quicker or they're prepared to wait longer or there's more the more authentic and more honest about themselves because they've spent a lot of time 
isolated and reflecting or they've gone the other way have you noticed any sort of you know psychological differences coming out yeah i've definitely noticed it and and going back to sort of my theory of um this whole working with the mindset being a, a foundation what we've sort of found for for a lot of conversations a lot of people i've spoken to is for a long period of time they were getting by and they were doing okay and their mindset is all on what you want so if you look on maslow's hierarchy of needs you know you've got the what do you really need to survive well most people are fed most people are secure they've got a roof over their head most people you know and we always talk about first world problems there's always someone struggling but generally in, in western civilization the people we you know we meet they've got all the basics covered so they spend all their time on what they want oh what i want is a six-pack what i want is my dream car what i want is my dream holiday and so all of this talk of getting a coach and a motivational mindset coach is to get them to the glory stage, if that makes sense. I've noticed this year, a lot of people, they go, well, I can't actually think about what I want. I've just got to think about what I need. Mm. Right. And yeah. all of a sudden they're being dragged into that bottom stage and they're just being consumed by fear and that fear. And the way I understand or the way I've studied the mindset, you know, in order to get a positive mindset, it comes from study and knowledge because through study and knowledge, you get understanding and through understanding, you get faith and faith goes manifest in the body as positive action. You know, I didn't write this, like this is stuff that's been known for a long period of time. Whereas the enemy of the, of the mind is always ignorance. And I think we sort of hide a little bit from ignorance because it sounds so negative, you know, to be called ignorant is like to be really sort of called a derogatory name. But the truth is, we all have an element of ignorance. You know, it's the element we don't know. And when you've got ignorance, you get doubt and, and you don't know the unknown and doubt and unknown goes to the subconscious as fear and fear manifests in the body as stress and anxiety. So with the, with the state of study and knowledge, obviously it applies to everything. It applies to the world knowledge, it applies to this. But the first thing we need to get knowledge of is our, is our own mind. And, and we can't sort of, stave away that fear until we really understand ourselves and how we work because we're always going to be in a much stronger position if we're coming from a position of faith and faith is very difficult to come by if you've got no idea how, how the story ends <laughs> and yeah. there's a lot of people right now who have just been sucked into just fear because all the things that they just took for granted like they had a, they had a job they had a regular income the, the money just rolled in all right they moaned about their boss they moaned about their job you know that you know what they did for a living used to get on their tits but it's but it the money kept coming in and then well, it, yeah when we've spoken about this before the certainty that people had yes uh, going back to maslow's needs the certainty uh, it was taken away oh absolutely you know and now we're in you know we're getting bored of the word unprecedented but it is a it's an era that we've never seen before you know even people from a trading background you can't compare it to 2007. You can't compare it to 1987. You can't compare it to the Great Depression. I mean, what is happening right now? And all that does, and obviously the media doesn't exactly help because you know there's a lot of news going out there. You turn it on, ah, it's all crap today. All right, put the radio on. Oh, it's all doom and gloom. You know, and then you go on Facebook, look at your feed. Oh, it's all miserable. You know, and it's just coming at us from all angles. Mm. So if we haven't got our own mindset strong in a way that we can sort of like look at, look at where we're going and what we do in ourselves with some certainty, with some sort of control, because that's what it all comes down to. You know, there, there are things you can't control, but your own mindset, you can always control. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much control they have over their own mindset. And I don't think a lot of people um, use that control. It, they just relinquish it to outside influence. And then yeah. they, you know, obviously that manifests and it's very stressful. It, it hurts a lot of people. Mm. And this is what we want to sort of explain to people. You, you, you do have some control over this. Yeah. Well, so when we're talking about uncertainty, um, let's, let's switch it to the day job because here, you know, it's retail and, um, and, you know, before the pandemic hit, uh, retail was struggling, you know, nationwide. Um, you know how how has that been since uh, since COVID hit, and 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 you know, and, and what what can you see happening in the next few months with, within within the retail sector? 
yeah, that's interesting. Um, I guess all I can share is an opinion because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know. Oh, we um, love opinions. <laughs> we love opinions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really know, but in a weird way, like last year I predicted what's happening, if that makes sense. I did not predict COVID. I did not predict a global pandemic and I did not predict it was a virus. Um, anyone who did, like, either they're lying <laughs> or or they've got magical powers and you need to give them all your money to tell them where you're going to be in 10 years. Right. <laughs> um, what I was sort of saying, though, was I, I do think the world is moving towards a more remote lifestyle. I, I, I remember saying last year, sat on a train commuting into London thinking, this can't be how we live in five to 10 years time. I just can't see it. I can't see that it's logical. I can't see that offices are logical. I can't see why you pay a whole middle tier of management and for the, all these building costs just so that we all sit in the same building when you know the technology is here for remote working video conferencing it's all global i'm a salesman and i'm sort of grown up on getting eyeball to eyeball across the table to do the deal why can't i do business with someone in singapore australia shanghai in the same morning like what why do i need to be limited by clustering meetings together in Manchester that are within a five, 10 mile radius, because that's the only way I can physically get round to see them, you know, and then that two hour train journey each way. It doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. I did think for a long time, we were already going this way. And I was always trying to sort of speak to, I suppose, people that would listen and say, well, I think we need to start making plans for it because the typical, um, typical people like all of us is, well, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Then all of a sudden the bridge gets blown up like in 2020. And it's like, well, I didn't have time to build the bridge I wanted. Like the, the future's kind of come a little bit fast. Mm. <laughs> and, but I, I kind of thought, well, surely the signs were already there. You know, even pandemic aside, because nobody could predict that. I mean, that is just one of those things that's, that's come out of the blue. It's hit you sideways. All of us, it's hit us sideways. And it's, in my opinion, it's sped up 10, 15 years, which I think was already going to happen but it's just collapsed it into, right, it's just happened overnight. And everyone I speak to who worked in an office, most of the time, they were very, the bosses or the, the, the powers that be were very reluctant to give the office up. Yes. And now here we are, three or four, five months in lockdown, and those exact same people are going, why did we have the office? I mean, <laughs> why, do I really want to go back to it? You know, I've spoken to a lot of C-level uh, really sort of aggressive, hungry business people who worked incredibly hard on their businesses and now they're building relationships with their children. Whereas they were so busy working, they'd be getting on that train at six in the morning, getting home at seven at night, maybe just in time for the bedtime kiss, you know, and, and, a, and a quick story. And now they, they're learning about the things that their children like, what they want, what they're interested in, what their hobbies are, their routines, all the things that they never saw. But they kind of thought, well, it doesn't matter because of the legacy that I'm building, of what I'm providing for the family, all these things. And I guess people were coming from a, well, I either work this hard or I don't have it. Now we're saying, well, what happens if you could have both? What happens if you could still have all that success but still see your family? And it, it comes from mindset. Like most people think, well, to do this, I've got to sacrifice this and I've got to sacrifice that. Sometimes, yeah, you, if you want to do things, everyone at some point has to make sacrifices but the things that are really important to us do we have to sacrifice all of them maybe not and i couldn't help but think that surely the penny was going to drop anyway at some point and we were going to think well, why do we do this that there's always some scenarios where you physically need to be somewhere i understand that but most offices really like what's the extra value of being sat at that desk in a physical location i, I can't see it hmm. And it's, it's, it's funny, it's the, 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 the small things that we, we, with, our, with our team, just the, you, you know, there's an hour and a half in the day that they're not commuting, so we, we touched on that. But it's even the little things like when they go, for, when they have the 10 or 15 minute break, they'll put a, a load of washing on and then hang out uh, on the lunch break. And so this, there's a number of things like that, that that means they're not getting back from work and then having to do these jobs. And then it's, eight, or, you know, by the time they've eaten, it's like 9 p.m. and they've got an hour before they're in bed kind of thing. Um, and so even just, just that difference. So even in the knock-on, a positive knock-on effect to weekends where 
the housework's been done. Or if there, you know, if we've got a team meeting or there's a podcast to listen to, you know, you can you can do some some sweeping up or whatever that then doesn't need to be done on the weekend. So it's just got this really positive impact um, into people's lifestyles and and and, and daily routines. Um, and I think, as you said, Dean, I, I think you know, a lot a lot of employee uh, employers have, have woken up to yep. how you know, how how um, how efficient people are working uh, and how well from home as well because it it's too easy to think well if people work from home we won't, we won't see the results and pretty much everybody we've been speaking with it's it's the complete opposite and now business owners are, are you know, some business owners we spoke to that are giving their team the option the choice if they want to to go into HQ or not or, and when they want that to happen and like you said, of course, there's always going to be maybe a meeting a week or there's something where it means to have to come together. But yeah, that people have been given those options now. And and I think I think before the pandemic, the, I, I read um, I did a little bit of um, uh, uh, research on this digital nomad um, lifestyle that people are now uh, enjoying around the world. And they um, it stated before the pandemic that by the end of 2022, 50% of, of Americans in North America would be working remotely, you know, away from a physical place. And so you imagine how much that has accelerated now. Um, oh, absolutely. With, with COVID, I, with COVID. I actually think communication has increased as well because we had this sort of like crazy idea that if you're shoulder to shoulder with someone, you're going to have more time with them. But I remember going to an office every single day, being physically sat next to someone and say, can I grab you for five minutes? Oh, yeah, later. Can I, can I just have a... Well, why don't we chat at one? Okay, one o'clock comes. I'm just in the middle of an email right now. Could I catch you at three, right? Could I, and then two weeks later, I've still not spoken to the man I sit next to. <laughs> if you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I don't yeah, think yeah. people realised how prevalent this was. Whereas now, I actually have much better communication with the team. Because if you say, oh, well, we'll jump on a video conference and call at two, I don't have so often, oh, I'm just in the middle of an email. Like, I used to blow my brain out. Well, who writes an email just before a meeting? Right? Yeah. But it, it seems to be everybody who like, works in an office starts an email just before they're supposed to be in a meeting. It's like, I'm just in the middle of an email. <laughs> At that point, you know, I'm, I, I get to that stage where I just want to get the laptop and just, got, just smash it. It's like, what do you mean you're in the middle of an email? Do you not check your calendar? But, <laughs> um, you know, that's the frustrations I used to find because I used to physically be in an office where I could eyeball, see people, never get any time with them. Yet the first thing when you say we're all going to work remotely, the first panic is, well, what about communication? Well, I couldn't communicate with them when I saw them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and this is the thing. Like, nothing ever happens on time. Everything's delayed. Everything's unstructured. And I, I think it's a little bit like... Um, you know, when things are close at hand, you take them for granted. Like, I remember, mm -hmm. like, like, family, for instance, when we all live on each other's doorsteps, I probably don't see my family that much. But then when you sort of move away for a bit and there's, like, you know, an hour between you, you make a concerted effort to be around each other. Mm -hmm. And in a weird way, you see people more because you know that you have to make plans. And then you, 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 you sort of live up to those plans. But when everything's so easy, it's a case of, well, I could do it any day. I could do it any time. And then, it, you know, tomorrow never comes. You know, any time never comes. So I think communication's massively increased. I do think, as you say, there was a fear of, like, uh, is everybody going to be working? Like, how do I control them? How do I manage them? And there was that fear of, I suppose, micromanagement fear, which is another thing I think is just gone. I think with the millennial generation, I know we don't really like to typecast people just by their age, but millennials aren't into that micromanagement stuff it's an old fashioned thing, you know, and nowadays I think businesses are understanding, well, if I just hire quality people and you know, pretty soon, if you've got quality people or not, you know how the process works, If I just get quality people. I don't need to pay people just to crack the whip because historically there's always been a tier of middle management whose job is just to walk around cracking whips. It's like, well, I don't need them anymore. So there's a massive cost saving in the personnel. And I don't need to pay for the lights and the roof. And, you know, there's certain infrastructure costs you'll always need. But I think, well, I don't need to pay for the office and I don't need a whole level of middle management because people just do the work. And if they don't do the work, I can just discipline them and get rid of them. Because surely that, you know, if you're going to get paid for something, it's only right that you do it. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not, it's not too much of an expectation, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, like I do see where I see the future going. I think, 
the nine to a five is going to become a lot more fluid because it's like, well, who said you had to be there at nine and finish at five? What was the reasoning for that? Oh, I don't know. It's just to get everyone on the same time scale. Well, it doesn't matter now because everyone works from home. They don't need to be on the same time scale. Mm-hmm. And like, as an example, we had developers in our team working two, three o'clock in the morning last night. And to me, that's crazy. I like my Zeds. I, I, I like getting to sleep. But there's a lot of people that do some of their best work late at night. And if that's when they're writing their best code and the code comes out the best, I mean, why would you knock it? Great. Let's take it. You know, yeah. why would we water that code down by making him do it at two o'clock in the afternoon opposed to two o'clock at night? No, you, you do what works, mate. <laughs> you, you keep delivering your best stuff and everyone's going to be happy. So I do think the whole nine to five is going to change. I do think that barrier between work and, you know, and home is going to start to overlap. So there will be people that, you know, they've got to find some systems and some processes to make it work, which would be a bit of a teething thing. Because it's good, like you say, that we can do that wash load and we can do these things. But there comes a point where it can become unhealthy if we don't have some, you know, personal systems and group systems. But I don't, I don't see it as too hard to sort out. Yeah. Mm. With, uh, with um, I've spotted your uh, pink uh, space <laughs> hopper in the background. That's actually, uh, 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 this, this question is going to go one of two ways. It's either, oh, gonna be, here. it's either going to be that you're a dad and we're going to talk about how mindset and parenting plays out or we're going to talk about your Friday night fetish. I'm not sure which, which <laughs> way. <laughs> well, it could have easily gone to the fetish, but luckily I am a dad, so I can blame it on that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I've got, I've got four babies. So the four. oldest, yeah, the oldest is nine, my daughter, and then I've got three boys eight, five, and 17 months. Right. So, so that's been massive as well for me working from home, you know, having yeah, a yeah. relationship with the children. It's also been something I've had to work out as well because working from home when there's four kids and your wife's trying to homeschool them, it's not the, not the greatest setup. <laughs> so yeah. you do have to sort of uh, structure these things. But it's also a good example of what uh, James was saying. Well, you can, you can do some of the work between six and seven before their breakfast, so to speak, so that between 10 and 11, you can go, do you know what, we'll do your maths. You know, what's the problem, so to speak? Mm. Whereas if you physically have to be working while they're doing stuff during the day, it's quite complicated. But, and I know a lot of uh, colleagues and friends and other people in other businesses, they've, they've structured some of their evenings so that in the daytime, they can be a little bit more around without feeling guilty for it. You know, because if you, you've got to do the work you've got to put your time in you've got to get the results you've got to make sure things happen but sometimes you can't if you're working from home and this is this sort of environment you can't necessarily do it at three o'clock yeah um but if everyone's on the same page and everyone's communicating these are all things that are easy to solve which i think people were worried about at first people were scared about giving that sort of uh, free reign but now like you say people have seen how it works and it works so effectively and i always think back to um, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I always think back to the Tim Ferriss four-hour week. A lot of people's eight-hour days could have been done in three hours anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's a reason to to skimp on on what you what you provide for your employers. No, make sure you're 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 looking after your job because, especially in this environment, you know, keep yourself valuable. But I do think when people were told to be somewhere between X and Y, people were just sort of filling the clock in. They weren't actually doing quality work. And it's quality work that makes a difference in a business, not just filling the time in. You know, yeah. like, like we, we all know the examples of the people just like, you know, looking at the clock. It literally clicks to half five and they just bang out the door, racing through traffic, going through red lights, causing accidents left, right, and center. And you go, oh, somewhere to be? Not really. Just wanted to get home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, why, why such a rush that you nearly killed everyone? Oh, it's just a habit. Like, they just like race out the door to go nowhere. And it's like, well, the whole mentality is changing now. Now we're actually, st- and this is why I love mindset because we all have habits which, when we actually scrutinize them, we think, why do we do that? Mm. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, what, why is this a thing? Why is this the way we all live? Why do we do it like this? Oh, just because we always have. Yeah. 
it doesn't make any sense. And, and it's very true what you said, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And that, yeah. and that, and that's your brand. That's your brand, isn't it? I haven't asked this question for a while, but um, you've just referenced the Tim Ferriss there. One of my favorite authors probably started my journey when I picked up um, four hour work week in an airport. So I'm interested in a book recommendation. I reckon you must have a, have a couple of good ones up your sleeve. Oh yes. I do love books actually. It's one of those ones actually, when people say, can you give me three? My brain immediately thinks Blank. of a hundred and yeah. I'm like, right, um, how do I, how do I whittle this down without making this completely crazy? Yeah. Um, the classic obviously is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I do, even though it's old, I really love that. Mm -hmm. But one that I don't think many people give enough attention to is Jack Canfield's The Success Principles. Right. Okay. And it's one that you don't hear a lot. But I remember working with a business coach once and he said, well, before we work together, buy this book and read it. And it's massive. It's, it's a big old book, you know, chunked down. It's almost like a load of articles and, and blogs within, but it's, it's a fantastic book. So just to try and sort of give, give the people one that maybe they haven't already considered without going through the, the same old names, I'd probably say that Jack Canfield, the success yeah. principles. Excellent. Thank nice. you very and, much. And, what, and what I'm interested in, so what, what I have to ask is, how do you keep yourself in check? So, you know, minds, uh, certainly mindset, you know, fitness, health, what, what's, uh, what's the things that, that you, you, you know, you often add into your routine, your daily routine to ensure that you have clarity and, and, and energy for your, for your role and for those around you? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, actually. And it probably goes, and the way I'd answer it, we'll probably go back to how we first met by the fact that we, we've both got ADHD. And now that I know I've got ADHD and now I've learned more about it, I really got to understanding that I need to get things out of my head because, and, and even though I'm in the ADHD club and I understand it, I do think there's certain tools and tricks which people pick up to try and sort of, um, what's the word, compensate for their weaknesses with ADHD. Well, actually, I think mainstream people would benefit from a lot of them. You know, it's not just people like myself that need this. So, so my big thing is a, a morning routine, but a lot of it evolves around getting things out of my head. So I've got, and like, this was a bit off the cuff, but I've got two page a day diaries, which I've always got one. Actually I plan my day with and one's for journaling and reminding myself on a daily basis, what the priorities are. So I, I do do a lot of affirmations. I do do a lot of gratitude journaling. I do do a lot of journaling of how I feel and I keep that separate from actually, well, what is actually happening on a, on a day to day basis. And the reason I do that is because I don't have a shortage of ideas, but sometimes I need to put them all down and then cross a few off because, you know, just realistically, what can you do? And then when you've got things that you can't always do, I've got my bullet journal. And again, I don't know if you can see that, but it's just literally got like in hand bullet Dean's bullet journal on there, which is another trick that I picked up when I've with the whole ADHD thing, because I had a habit of writing down notes, brainstorms, cracking bits of information, never seeing them ever again <laughs> so so i learned the, the the bullet journal trick i don't know if you're aware of it do you use it james no don't you i'm, I'm aware can you, um, can you explain it for me i have i haven't i haven't heard of this one oh bullet journal it's basically a, a notepad and what you do is you everyone's got their own unique way of, of using it but the way i use it is i reserve the first few pages for the index so i post put the index at the back of the book mine's at the start so as i go through it it's one you know you, you literally hand number the pages and then i might do um, a brainstorm on a business plan and next thing i've got a cracking picture and then i put it on page number one then in the index i write one business plan uh, okay um but the, the reason i do that is because i used to do it in my diary page a day diary yeah and then one day i think i had a cracking business page once now did i write it in april june or was it last year i don't even know i don't even know which year which year it's in yeah, you know, yeah. and I'd never find it. I'd yeah. never know it again. Or I'd create a list of goals. I'd, I'd say all my dream goals. If I, if I won a million pounds tomorrow, what's the first thing I'd buy? You know, you, you sort of create your list and it's on a loose bit of paper that the next thing, you know, you don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's lots of bits of information that I want to write down. And so I've also got my, my journal for actually learning stuff. So when I, when I learn, I might do a course on blogging, on branding, on copywriting, on health, whatever it is, whenever I learn something, I, I, I put it in my, my book as well. So that's written in there. Another book as well. I've got, um, I've got another book for, I've got another book for the, for the novel I'm writing. So I'm actually writing a book on the warrior mindset and everything's in there. 
but the key thing is everything's got its place and i've also got just a random notepad as well just to write ideas in <laughs> I thought, you were, I thought you were short on notepads. I'm glad you got a random one. <laughs> yeah, so, so I've got actually just a notepad, which I just scribble away on. And then if anything seems actually that's quite valuable, it makes its way into one of these. So on a daily basis, I'm working with all of this. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> now, but, now, but I can see, now I can see why you don't want to commute back to the office. <laughs> Must wait. Yeah. Just like, oh, on the train. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just, just on that though, what I'm really interested in is not digital. No. And 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 is that a, that a conscious? Is that a tried and tried and not worked, or is it just like you just like the creation side of it? Is it more? I don't know. What's is it a flow flow thing? Yeah, for me, it's easier to retrieve. So right. So the the day to day the the. The daily journals and the, the daily organisers on a day-to-day -day basis, I know exactly what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. I've not found a digital system that works. But the, the only thing I've got on a digital system is between me and my wife, we've got a shared calendar so that we can put all of the kids' agendas and all of our agendas. And we can see where they overlap. That's the only thing that's on there. Yeah. Otherwise, I find like people were always pitching to me Evernote. People was always pitching to me to dictate things. I, I don't know where it ends up. I can never retrieve it. I can never find it. Yeah. Whereas if it's physically in my bullet journal or if it's physically written down, and also I know from my own personal learning, if I take a, load, take a course in, if I'm physically writing my notes out, I know it, it goes in better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. One, of, yeah. One, one of the things I find, I'm not very good at taking too deep notes while I'm learning it because then I'm not actually listening because I'm, I'm so busy taking notes almost mechanically that I've not actually taken in the content. So I like take in the content and then go back and do the notes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You're, you're right there. I find digital just doesn't work for me. And it's funny because I've got like a, a standing desk setup, but underneath the laptop where I'm talking to you, I've got two wide, three high um, filing cabinet system. So everything loose is in a filing cabinet. So, I've got, and again, uh, I, Get yourself one of these bad boys, and I suppose for people who can't see, this is one of those like label printers. Oh, um, label are... label printer! Do you know um, oh. what? One of my one of my good mates, Jonathan Elvidge. Oh, this is a story. So um, <laughs> I've started uh, something now. On, he's, he, he, he's been on, he's been on the show, and it was a mate's fortieth years ago. And I remember I remember going for a pee, and for some strange reason, I just heard heard him say, or his his. Um, is uh, his wife say about a label making machine, and I, I just instantly thought there's no way. And I remember going out and going, "Tell me, you've just said you've got a label making machine." And he was like, "How did you hear that?" And I was like, "That's the best thing ever. What have you got a label making machine for?" And I, and I never and I've never let him forget it. But do you know the best thing I did was next time I was around at the house, I, of course I was going to get hold of it, and I just labelled everything: <laughs> wine, bread, knives. You know, all of, all of these. And they said, even when they sold the house, they were, they were, they were packing, there was still a lot of stuff around the house. Oh, that's awesome. So, oh, I love it. You know, I, taking that to a friend's house, Dean, and just slyly labelling things. <laughs> for eternity. But like, I, I've literally got a folder for everything. It's all up. So like, you know, when, you know when you get gift cards, you get like, um, the, the amount of paper, I've, I've got a file in here for takeaway menus. Because where do they end up? <laughs> I mean, like, so literally everything has got a file. You know, when it's sort of loose stuff, you think, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> right, label, label, label maker, Bosch, it's got its own file. <laughs> it's in the system, bash. Alphabetical order too, happy days. And I've, got, I've got such a deep admiration for that level of organising. Yes. I, I, <laughs> well, this is yeah, why, I, the, the reason I do it is because it, it sounds like, well, that's a lot of work. But I do it to take away the work. Because, you know, now yeah. everything's just like, because one of my biggest things is getting stuff out of my head yeah. so that it could be done. And I do find with a lot of people as well, like, and this goes back to the whole mindset thing. Like, have you ever been around someone's house and you go, oh, how's it going? They go, oh, don't start. There's so much going on. Oh, got to do this, got to do that, got to do this. Mm -hmm. And I always say the same thing. I say, well, let's write a list. And then you, you write it down. They go, well, oh, don't look much now. <laughs> but I'm exactly mm -hmm. the same. Like, yeah. I'll be going in. They go, oh, do you know what? And... And I think we've spoke over the summer, James, you know, and say, oh, how, how's progress, Dean? I'll be like, oh, mate, there's so much going on. And then, then I hear myself saying it, and I'm like, 
oh yeah i've just said to james how busy i am let me write this down you know you write it down there's like two things i've done it so many times it's untrue but when things are inside your head they just get massively exaggerated yeah and, and this is why I, i've got everything the, the way i've got it you know because actually when you see it all out in front of you and, and plain as day you really sometimes you you look at the list and you think i don't even know why i'm sweating about that it doesn't even need to be done right cross that off for a start but now it's out of your head it's gone and and then you can you know you can prioritize well that's that's a that's if i can get all my a's done that's a b that's a c questionable whether i'm really going to bother <laughs> great you know and and you can do that once it's, but it, and i find that's a great trick for people when they when you feel really overwhelmed sit down and write it down and then once you've written it down you think ah, actually it's not that bad but yeah all this paperwork like otherwise it, you know when it just mounts on your desk and then someone asks you for something go, yeah, yeah it's in here somewhere you know <laughs> can't find yeah. it and it's you know next thing you know got it too close to the fan where you're looking through but it's happened to me so many times i think why don't i just find somewhere where it goes yeah you know to me you can't have a tidy place unless everything's got a place if you're just moving stuff from corner to corner it's you know you're never gonna make it are you yeah <laughs> everything no, has to belong somewhere um so yeah it seems I love like the, uh... Love the gratitude journaling as well, Dean. That that's uh, I love yes, that. I love yes. that. It's um, been life changing. There was a, there's a yeah. Well, there's a yeah. there's a there's a, a friend of mine who's um, you know has been struggling recently, and um, and that was one thing I was saying is like um, is you know even at the end of your day, if you you and your wife just just highlight to each other and share between you something that you, that you're grateful for that, that's happened in the day because you know it was in a position of it just you know everything was just just kind of overloaded in the day and you know uh, got, got a newborn and so it was very stressful and um, so you know so I, I hear you on the uh, on the uh, gratitude kind of di diarising and, and making a note of, of what you're oh, grateful absolutely. for absolutely absolutely and, and that's why I put it into sort of my daily routine and that's why I encourage other people to put it into a routine because if it's not part of my routine i'm as guilty as the next person for forgetting what i should be grateful for and i feel bad saying it because we've got so much to be grateful for and then when you go through that process as you say sometimes the things that have been stressing you out you'd be like it's a first world problem isn't it like if i could change what i'm grateful for with what i want you think actually do you know what i'm, I'm doing all right <laughs> you know th things aren't that bad it doesn't mean that we don't aspire to greatness we it's part of the human condition that we always want more. You know, no matter where we go, we're always seeking our next goal. And I think that's a good, healthy way to live. It's not negative to want to grow and expand. I think that's positive. But absolutely, we, we need to constantly remember how far we come and, and what we've achieved and what we've got. I remember um, a coach years ago, and he always said that when you write your goals, he, he sort of taught me you should write three goals. He said, look, the first list of goals is like what you want. He said, the second list of goals is what you want to keep, i.e. the gratitude, what you've got and you don't want to lose. And the third list of goals is what you want to get rid of at your life. And it changed my mindset because actually you think, well, actually, yeah, this, you, people are so busy chasing what they want that sometimes it's at the sacrifice of the great stuff they've got, which they just weren't focusing on. Hence why, for me, gratitude is very important. And the old fashioned cliche, I suppose, for the 1950s businessman is he spent so busy building his business, he lost his family because you're just not mm. there, which is another benefit that we've spoken about, about the whole work from home culture. It's like, hopefully we don't have to go through that anymore. You know, we can actually, you can have both. You don't have to sacrifice your family life for your business goals. But then at the same time, we're men. Like we want to aspire, we want to grow, we want to expand, we want to feel like we're providing. So we don't want to not, uh, work hard in business it's, it's part of mm. it's part of our fabric it's what we yeah. want to do like you know just to have a loving family but live in a, a shed it doesn't doesn't suit our manliness if that makes sense and mm. so y y we've got to still want to aspire to those goals but you just don't want to do it at the at the sacrifice of the things that are really important to you and yeah and when you write a list of the things you want to get rid of again it, it was quite it highlighted a few things to me actually why do I put up with that? Get rid of that. Mm. <laughs> you know, and then it clears up the space for more goodness. Yeah. You, um, you shared with us before the show that you, uh, obviously you've got your own podcast and an episode you recorded was seven hours long. 
and uh, <laughs> <It's> still, <laughs> yeah, yeah which, no one's heard that yet it's not really which, which, is, which is which is breathtaking and but i can see why i mean you we we could just get we, we've just got started and we're running out of time and we just go deeper and deeper into all these topics but i think that's a great takeaway for the audience three sets of goals what you want to attain what you want to keep and what you want to get rid of as an exercise for anyone to do that i think it's just you can get that alignment, can't you? And just really, you've got gratitude in there. And you've also almost got like a detox as well. Like, you know, it's just, I, I, I'd love to hear from people like going and taking that away and really actioning that. That sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's very powerful awesome. if, you, if you give it a chance to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, brilliant. Well, based on, based on um, you know, we, we, we have to wrap up. And, um, and as Phil said, you know, you, uh, you, you are... Uh, running your own podcast, you're nine in. Um, so, what I've got an idea. So, how's about? Um, so, I am going to invite Phil and uh, Phil and myself onto your show. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't say no. He can't say no, Phil, because uh, we're you know the the audience will be expecting it. So, but what I thought is, well, that, well, that was easy. It was like. I, I, I invited you onto the show without saying a word. There we go. <laughs> and I already Based know it's a that. yes. That, that's how we get invited to most parties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wedding crashes. So, what would be really good is if if we could um, join you on your show, Dean, and talk about the world of podcasting. We're all, you know, all, all three of us are doing that, and then that would be great resources to uh, to that that episode to drop onto our group as well and give insight into your podcast and then also a, a, a chat in the, about the world of podcasting. So, uh, so thanks for inviting us on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure, guys. Thank you. No, <laughs> No, awesome. well, I look can, forward to that. Yeah, that would be, be really, really good. Uh, where can people find you? What's your website, your social books? Yeah, the easiest place to find me is the, the blog, which is deangrimshaw.com. Uh, Grimshaw with an E on the end. So it's quite unusual for a Grimshaw. But yeah, it's deangrimshaw, all one word, E on the end, dot com. And there you'll find all the links to the blog and all the stuff I'm doing. And there is a Facebook page as well, which is just deangrimshaw-performance-coaching. So yeah. I'd love it if you come and check out what we're doing. Yeah. No, that's awesome great. Stuff. Well, we'll, and thanks so much for time to, today, Dean. Yeah, and we'll just need to clear seven hours, Phil, for uh, <laughs> to be on the show. the diary. Put that in your journal, Dean, or, yeah. or one of them. Well, you know, we like to give value to the listeners. You know, we like, we like to make, make sure it's all in there. <laughs> Brilliant. It's been an absolute pleasure, Dean. Thank you for joining us today. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dean. See you soon. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on the Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.